right. Well, I, I know you have watched it, and if you haven't watched it, you might be the only person in all of America. We're not talking about the royal wedding. We're talking about Charlie bit my finger. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody on YouTube, you watched the video? Okay, if you haven't, you're going to go home and watch it now. I know that. Uh, about this little kid who uh, is holding his little baby uh, or sibling, and the, the kid's biting on his finger, and he's going, ah, Charlie bit me, and it's the funniest thing ever. And uh, it's, it's actually the most watched video on YouTube, most watched home submitted video. The only other three are like Bieber and Gaga and Bieber again top three, and then this is number four, but those are videos by professionals. Most watched uh, home submitted video, and, and the video just kind of blew up. It just went viral after they, they uploaded it, and it was hysterical, and uh, you know, viral videos are everywhere, right? You've seen them. There's a new one every week. I mean, my in-laws are real big into that, and they're always like, you gotta, you gotta watch this video. We found it. It's hysterical, and so we always go, and every time we visit, it's a new viral video that we watch, and uh, what, what happens is is somebody will uh, upload good content, right? Or somebody will discover something that's been there for a while and nobody really noticed it. And, and they'll tell somebody, um, you got to see this. And then that person will tell somebody, you got to see this, right? This is the pyramid scheme of, right, the 70s Tupperware, you know, Pampered Chef or whatever, you know. And this happens that way, but virally. And then it just goes on and on. And, and momentum picks up and it just really gets to the point where the question is, you haven't seen it? You have to see this. It's, it's amazing. And, and, and that's just kind of how viral happens. But, but know this, that none of it really happens without good content, right? I mean, good content is, is, is necessary. The video has to have appeal, and so it has to be just absolutely hysterical, right? Or it has to just be something that's just mind-blowing, something that's just, just outrageous, right? Like, has anybody seen the new thing right now, Dude Perfect, on, on YouTube? It's uh, these guys who have this little group, and they make the most unbelievable shots with the basketball that you will ever see. I mean, across a stadium, over a barn, massive barn, with, without even seeing the, the hoop on the other side, out of an airplane. Look it up. It'll, it'll blow your mind. And, and it's just, these videos have to have some kind of appeal. You see it, and you say, no way. That's, that's, a, that's craziness. That's craziness. And, and, and I just want to say this. As, as a new church... We have our hearts set on connecting Boston to Christ. That's why we're here. Our heart, our heart is set on that. And our dream, likewise, is that, that as word spreads, it will just get to this place where people tell people who tell people who tell people until you get to this place where you haven't seen this, you haven't experienced. There, there's this people, this group of people who just... Man, it's extraordinary what's happening there. That's our prayer. That, that's our, our dream. You've got to be a part of this. You can't, you can't miss this. But, but remember, it starts with good content. It's, it has to start with good content. And I believe that we have the best content out there right here in, in our hands. And so there's no need for my opinion week after week. But we have the best content right here. And then also what, what we're really talking about in this, this new series is, is the content of, of our community, which we get laid out for us right here. And so what I want to focus on is, is the content of, of our community. And here's the thing. I, I believe with, with all of my heart that we've got a good thing going here, that God's doing a really cool thing, and there's some good content happening in this, in this uh, Christian community. But I want to, to say to you what Paul says to the, the church of Thessalonica. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 10, he says this, 
He says, I, I, I've observed your, your love for each other, your love for the brothers, but I want to tell you this. Paul says to them, and I say to you, excel still more. We have to excel still more. And so for the next month and a half or so as we're in this new series, we're going to talk about how can we excel still more? How can we grow uh, uh, to function better and, and, and stronger as a community of people who love Jesus? And, and I've told you this before. I just want to re-remind you, refocus you on it, that our, our mission strategy as a church is to reach, connect, and disciple. Three really concise words. We're going to reach this place with the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to connect them to Christ and his, his church and then we're going to disciple them to, to spiritual maturity. And, and, and this middle piece of the cycle, connect, is, is what we're talking about um, in, in this, this series together. We're talking about connecting people to a meaningful relationship uh, to Christ and his church and to Christ through his, his church. And so that's what we're talking about. And uh, the way we're going to do it is uh, by focusing on this, this one Greek word in, in the Greek New Testament that has just numerous occasions that it shows up, and we're going to look at quite a few of those. And that word is alelon, alelon. And, and it's this one Greek word that's translated, as you can see, one another, or translated each other in, in the Scripture. It appears 40 uh, different times, or a little over 40 different times in the New Testament. Of those 40 times, you have 23 or 24 different commandments in, in that uh, one Greek word for us, two Greek words one another or each other. And so for the next month and a half, we're focusing on this, this word, one another, and where it appears in Scripture. How to, to function as an increasingly connected, growing church family. Put those words together very strategically. Let me say it again. How are we going to function as an increasingly connected, growing church family? We want to be connected, but we also want to be growing. And that's, that's a very important thing because my, I guess my fear is that as we focus on the one another's, that it's very easy for us to get comfortable and say, I like this, this is comfortable, I know each other. We focus in on the one another's and we're all about one another, but we're not about those outside. And so we have to be one another growing, but also one another going on, on a mission. That mission is connecting uh, Boston to Christ. And, and a piece of this mission, connecting Boston to Christ, is that I really believe that people have to see in us good content. They, they've got to see in us something that they, they want, something that they desire, and then it will spread. And so notice um, on the image here that there's a group of people, this is strategic, there's a group of people, but it's a group of people who are moving forward. And they're not just a group of people in a huddle, but they're a group of people moving forward. And so nothing biblical about that image. But um, you can uh, let that remind you throughout the course of our time. So we're going to kick off one another. That was all your, your um, upfront stuff about the series. We're going to kick off one another series uh, very broadly this morning. And, and we're going to focus on that one, one another that is, is all-encompassing. It's the one that really is, is overarching for all the other one another's. And that is the, the one another that comes from Jesus where he says, I want you to love one another. Love one another. And I'm really pumped for this one because I love love. Anybody love love in here? You romantics? Awesome. Okay, I love love. My family loves love. In fact, uh, my family is probably uh, one of the most lovey-dovey families I've ever seen. In fact, my boys will absolutely freak out if I leave, even if just going to the post office, if I leave without hugs and kisses. Lucas says that all the time. Daddy, hugs and kisses! Daddy, I want hugs and kisses. And so I'll go to the post office, and I'll come back, and say, he's been sobbing, freaking out this entire time because he didn't get his hugs and kisses. I'm like, what's 
he's gone for 10 minutes. You know, just, they, they, we love love. That's why it's love, love. And so I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to, to share with you about love. Um, Alan Bears, my, my parents who are here, by the way. You have to meet them. Um, one thing that Becky noticed when, when we first were starting to date, she said, man, Whenever you talk with your parents, it's like it's a it's it's a competition to see who can say I love you last. You know, it's like I love you, and we're not like the awkward couple. You know, the awkward couple, but it's just we kind of prolong this, you know, saying goodbye until it's like, okay, I love you, bye. Oh yeah, one more thing, and I love you, bye. And it's just it's it's great. And so anyhow, that's we love love. It's in it's in the blood, you know. And so grab your Bibles, turn to John thirteen thirty one, talking about love. I love it. Hope hopefully you will love it. John thirteen thirty one. Through 35, we have it on the screen, but obviously, uh, I'd prefer you to bring your own Bible, look it up, or use one of our Bibles and, and look it up for you techies right on your phone there. John 13, 31 through 35. This is Jesus speaking. It says, when he had gone out, he being Judas, Jesus said, "Here's what Jesus says: Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him." God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. We'll stop there. So, last two verses of this little reading here. Jesus says, love one another three times. It's that classic teaching tool. Get it in their heads by repeating it. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. I think he wants us to, to love one another. And, and so, there were, I'm telling you, there were countless passages that I could have gone with this morning about loving one another. Um, just a massive amount of content, but this one is very appropriate um, because of its direction towards us, towards one another, towards the, the church. And so, please understand um, all this content in Scripture. This is who we are. We are a people who deeply love one another, and 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 love is is it should be it should be a mark of us. Matthew chapter twenty-two. You've heard this before. Uh, whenever people preach on love, this is where they go first, I would imagine. So I think it's probably appropriate. Um, a religious leader asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? How, how does he respond? He says, you shall, you know what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6, and so that was the answer that they were looking for. And then he goes on, he says, but the second commandment is like it. They're connected. The second commandment is like it, and he quotes Leviticus 19. He says, you shall love your neighbor as what? As, your, as yourself. And, and man, that's a hard one, huh? You ever, like, try to not meditate on that? <laughs> because you're like, okay, if I love my neighbor as myself, I mean, we, we love to take the Bible literally, don't we? But when it comes to, it's like, okay, if I love my neighbor as I love myself, man, that demands a lot. And if the church really got a hold of that one, if we really sunk our teeth into that one, wouldn't there be a massive shift across the world <laughs> if we really loved our neighbor as ourself? And then he goes on, he says, and on these two depends all the law and the prophet. In other words, your Old Testament, their scripture at that point says everything hinges on these two commandments. Love God 
and, and, and love people who are made in his image as a way of loving the Lord. And so we are a people who love. We are a love people. And let's be honest, it's not really what Christians are known for today, is it? In fact, Christians are not known for uh, what we do, what we're for. We're known for what we're against, unfortunately. Everybody knows that Christians are against this, 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 and this. And we should first be known for those are the people who love Jesus. And those are the people who love West Boston deeply. It's incredible the kind of love that they display. And so I, I'm just praying that my neighbor and, and your neighbor and your coworker and your family member and your dorm mate, I'm praying that those people will know that you love them. They would say that that is something crazy. That's just radical. No strings attached. They're just so kind. That family, that person, so gracious. It's just, it's just unexplainable. So sacrificial. So, so, so serving. So that's why we do things, guys, like the pies uh, for Thanksgiving, like the poinsettias for Christmas. Uh, not that those are the end all. Not that those are making us a loving people in and of themselves. But it's a good start for you to meet your neighbors and, and start to talk to your neighbors and, and love on them. And, and, and care for them. And so I just want to tell you that as we move forward with the church, um, we will be a loving people. We will be a people who love on our neighbors well. And so if, if, if you, you know, are more at the place where I just want to focus in on me and this, um, then you're, you're not with us. We're, we're, we're going to be known for loving these people. In fact, I, I do want to commend you. Uh, in the past week alone, uh, I've received Four emails from people who have no, uh, no, never even been in here. Four emails from people that said, love how you serve this community. I love how the church cares for this community. I, I received two face-to-face um, compliments on behalf of the church. People saying, love how you love on this community. Love how you serve this community. One was on Tuesday. One was on Wednesday. The one on Wednesday said, I, I love how you love on this community. In fact, can my family kind of just hang out with you guys and serve with you and that's what we're that's what we're talking about and then another one was in one of those conversations a family from Jamaican Plain said can your family come over and have dinner with my family absolutely I mean that's what we're we're doing and I say this not to toot our horn as a church not to puff us up but to tell you and encourage you that what you're doing is making a difference and and you probably don't hear that very often um, that as you're serving the community, it's really making a difference because naturally people are going to come to me and tell me, and I want to let you know that, that um, it's, it's making a difference. God is, is using you, and so believe that. People want to see, is this a gimmick? Is this just a thing they're doing as they kick off the church? Is this a gimmick? Will it come and go? Or are they really a loving people? And as we're moving forward, we really are a loving people. Bunch of stinking hippies. Love it. All right, First Thessalonians 4.10. Remember, we're loving people. However... However, we're going to excel still more. We're going to press on. We're going to grow. And, and so be thinking, how can, you, how can you love others better? How can you improve in that? Don't think on yourself and say, check, I love people. But how can you excel still more? Wherever you're at, don't compare to the other person. How can you grow and love people uh, more? And so for the remainder of our time, we're going to look at this, this text here. And uh, what I want to see in this text is from Jesus, uh, I want to see three distinctives of Christian Love. Three distinctives of, of Christian love. And, and the first one is this. The first one is that Christian love, uh, because we're focusing uh, in, in this series on one another, Christian love is this. It's distinctively family. Distinctively family. Look back at, at John 13. You'll notice uh, in the passage in 31 on, just before that, 
um, what's been going on is that Jesus has been partaking uh, of the Passover uh, with his disciples. And he has just told his disciples that one of them would betray him, speaking about Judas. Uh, we know that Judas goes on and, and sells Jesus out for chump change, right? And so what happens is, is Satan enters into the heart of Judas. And so look at verse 27. Look what, what Jesus says to Judas. He says, what you are going to do, do quickly. In other words, let's get on with it. If you're going to betray me, betray me. He dismisses Judas. Get out of the room. Go do your thing. Betray me. He says the disciples think that he's going to go and, and, and do some other preparations. He says, no, you go, you go on with it. You go on. And, and betray me, which leads to the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus. Then we get to verse 31, where we started, and it says, And when he had gone out, Jesus said. And so only after, after Judas had left, did Jesus begin to talk to the disciples about loving one another. Now, why is that important? Why is it important to see that, that Jesus dismisses Judas um, before talking about love amongst his true disciples? It's, it's important to see that what he's doing here is he's having a family meeting. He's having a little meeting with his disciples and uh, talking about this, this love there to have one another. See, Judas wasn't in the family, right? He was a traitor. And so uh, Jesus is holding a little family meeting here. And, and just so you know, as, as, a, as a church, from time to time, we're going to, as we move forward, we're going to hold family meetings. We're going to have things that we need to talk to, uh, like Jesus did, uh, without uh, those who don't love the Lord. Uh, in the room. Those who aren't on this mission with us, uh, not in the room. And so from time to time, we'll hold special meetings where um, after church or before, maybe another night, we're going to get together and we're going to talk about things like um, the direction that we feel God is calling us to. We're going to talk about things like sin that needs to be addressed. Jesus says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so we deal with that. We don't sweep it under. We're going to have family meetings uh, so that we can grow as a family. And, and so Jesus has a family meeting after he dismisses Judas, who really wasn't part of the family. And uh, verses 31 and 32, notice what, basically what he's saying here in this family meeting. He says, all right, guys, we got the family in the room. He says, I need to let you know that I'm being glorified, and, and God will be glorified in me. He's talking about the cross. He's talking about the resurrection. This is, this is going to happen. Notice verse 33. Now he says, little children. That's the only time he uses that that word in this book, little children, says affectionate, I love you, you're, you're my, my children, you're, you're family, we're, we're brothers and sisters, you're the children, together, he says, he says, verse 33, I'm only with you for a little while, and then I have to go, he says, and where I'm going, you cannot come, and so what he's doing is he's preparing his, his family for departure, right, it's kind of like, kind of like uh, maybe you've had a, a parent who, who's passed away, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're having this talk and he's, he's making his preparations. Here's what's going to happen, making preparations. He's preparing them for his departure to the right hand of the Father. And then verse 34, here's what he says with his family. He says, family, a new commandment I give you, and that is that you love one another. And I don't know if you ever thought about the fact that, that it's a new commandment, he says. And, and why is this a, a, a new commandment? I mean, we just read... Uh, in, in, or just talked about Matthew 22, Leviticus um, 19.8, that, that love has been a command for, for us ever since, you know, almost since the beginning of this, this thing. Love your neighbor, Leviticus 19.8. So how is, how is this one new? This command to love is new because it's given in, in light of the cross. It's given in light of the, the resurrection and what Jesus is about to do. See, he has done a new thing 
something that has never happened in history. God has descended, become a man. He's dwelt among us, and now he's going to die for us. He's showing a new love. He's commanding a new love, which is in his example, and that is sacrificial love. We're talking about sacrificial love here. And he's saying, I'm going to be gone. And so you need each other, and you need to display sacrificial love to each other. Anybody here have siblings? Anybody? Yes? Okay, you have siblings. I, I figured you would. Um, Do you ever get that talk from your parents? Boys, your family, stop beating each other up. Girls, stop pulling each other's hair. Stop bat. Your family, act like family. You need each other. You're going to grow up and be best buddies. You're going to grow up and you're going you're gonna to really have each other's backs. So, anybody had that talk? Totally had that talk. Totally had that talk. You, you love each other. You support each other. You need to be here for each other because here's the thing it's going to get tough and you share the same blood we share the same blood the blood of of jesus and so here's here's what we begin to see with this first distinctive we begin to see the balance that that we have been commanded to love our neighbor as ourself but we have also been commanded to love one another we have been commanded to lock arms to to rally to, together and, and to lift each other up. And, and so we kind of begin to, to explore um, this thing called love, uh, love amongst the, the family, right? And uh, actually what we're going to do in, in this, this series together is we're going to talk, since this is the overarching one, we're going to talk about how love really shapes um, with all the other one another's. Things like encourage one another. Things like uh, forgive one another. Uh, bear one another's burdens, right? We're going to talk about how love really shapes out. Um, in the course of, of this series. But church, we, we, we need one another. We can't do it alone. And uh, we love all people, and we welcome all people, but there's a special love that we have with each other because we're family, and we're growing as a, as a family. Uh, Galatians 6.10 um, says, it, says it this way. This, is, this one's really, really important. Um, Paul says to the church, he says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and he goes on, he says, and especially those who are in the household of faith. Especially those who are in the house, in the family. We do good to everyone, but we, we do it especially to those who are in the household of faith. So our love is distinctively family. We're going to work on that in, in the rest of the series. Here's the next one. Our love, distinctive number two, is distinctively authentic. Now, now let's kind of catch this. Look at, look at verse 35. We'll read 35 again. John 13, 35. He says this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So our love is, is authentic. In other words, if you love each other, and, and, and our love that we, that we possess for each other, for us, is a, a, a way that displays the authenticity of our discipleship. Here's what I mean. If, 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 if there's no love for, for other believers, if there's really no love for the family then Jesus is calling to question the authenticity of your faith. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, but maybe we can use this as we move forward, as we encourage Christians along, and as we spur them on to, to grow, or people even who think they're Christians, who, who lack commitment. This is going to be very helpful. So I'll, I'll, say it, I'll say it this way, a little more harshly. And this is how I would probably be point blank to, to, to some people and have been in the past. Is if you don't love the church, you're probably not a disciple, is what Jesus is saying you don't love the church, you're probably not a, a disciple. If your heart's not for the participation and the well-being and, and the building up and the health 
of your church, then you're probably not a disciple according to Jesus. Your faith is in question because the, the church is not bricks. The church is people, right? He says, First uh, Peter 2, we're being built up into a spiritual house. We're a house. We're a household. We're, we're a spiritual household. And, and, and for me, one, I was thinking back a lot my childhood this week, uh, my parents in town and whatnot. Uh, one distinctive feeling I remember from my childhood, I just remember this feeling of like sadness whenever I just for some reason got the itch to play some baseball. There's nobody to play baseball with. My dad was still at work, and he loved to play baseball. We played back in the backyard all the time. But if he was still at work and I really wanted to play, my brother was being a slacker. He didn't want to play. My neighbors weren't home. And so I, couldn't, I just had a baseball and a glove, and I wanted to play so bad. We had this little brick house. So I'd go to the side of the brick house and throw the ball up against the, the house, and it would bounce, and that's kind of how I'd get to play by myself. And, and I was thinking kind of about that. And, and I think that's how some people are sometimes as, as Christians, right? Like we, we want to we be a Christian. We want to exercise our faith deeply with other people. But we find that the church a lot of times around us just doesn't have the desire to play. You know what I mean? You've seen that before? I, I've definitely seen that before. And uh, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like saying you're a baseball player. Like I'm a baseball player, but I don't like to play in baseball games. I mean, that doesn't work, right? What's, what's wrong with that? Well, you know, I love playing baseball, but I just don't, I don't, I don't like playing with others. I, you know, I like to, I like to, to fly solo. Well, it's ridiculous because baseball is a team sport, right? It doesn't work. Like, you can be a musician and not be in a band, but you can't be a football player and not play on a football team. You know, it's like the, the kid who's got the baseball in the glove and he's just throwing it in the air and catching You're not really playing baseball. You're, you're throwing the ball in the air and catching it yourself, but you're not playing baseball and, and, and you're not playing the game, and, and real Christians, real Christians, according to Jesus here, test of authenticity, not the end-all test, but a test of authenticity, is that you love the church because they're, they're family. And I'll tell you this, here's what we're going to find, is that people struggle with this because they've been a part of some really jacked-up churches. No doubt there's some jacked-up churches out there, right? Really mess-up churches. Maybe, maybe you've met somebody, maybe you've been there, you've been hurt by a church, you've been hurt by a leader, You've been hurt by a Christian, and that Christian goes to a church, and so I hate the church too, and, and, and people have been there, right? I'm not defending their, their actions, but come on, let's be logical. It's just an excuse, because really, really, somebody within the church making a mistake, doing something wrong, doesn't debunk the entire church, right? It doesn't. We have corrupt presidents. We can look back to that for sure. You still live in America, right? I mean, it, it, makes, it makes sense. And, and so what Jesus wants to do is he wants to restore your, 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 your love for his church. He wants, to, he wants to restore that. Because the church is built on Jesus, not on that person that, that really hurt you. It's, that's kind of a big thing that we need to know. Is your faith in the church, people in the church, or is your faith in, in Jesus? And therefore, you love his church. And, and, and some people have a lot of trouble with even talking like this. Maybe you're even in your head questioning, like, why are we talking about loving the church? I love Jesus, not, not the church. But you've got to remember, the church is the bride of Christ. And I'll tell you what, if you don't like my wife, you don't like me, right? Same way, if, how can you love Jesus, say, I hate your wife, I hate the bride? It, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. The gospel's meant to be lived with other people. And, and if, I, I really believe that if, if we began to live out the Christian faith deeply amongst other people, our love for his church is going to grow. And we're going to say, how did I ever live without that? Some of you right now, you're even longing for it. 
And it demands the rest of us to step up and say, I want to provide it. I want to be, I want to be the, the church. And, and as I said earlier, as we work on our content of our community, other people are going to want in. Jesus says, test of authenticity is, do you really love the church? Do you really love my bride? By this, all people will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. This isn't talking neighbors. It's talking one another right now. Do you love one another? One more, one more um, scripture that, that's important to, to see in light of this. I'll just flip there. We don't have it on the screen or anything. It's, it's 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Let me read it quickly. Here's what he says. Beloved, let us love one another. There it is again. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is what? You've heard this before? God is love, because God is, is love. If you've been born of God, as he said to, to Nicodemus, right, being born again, right? He says, if you've been born again of God, then you're going to love people. Why? Because God the Father is, is love. It's his, it's his DNA. I mean, you've heard it been said before, right? Your actions reflect who you are. A lot of people like to, you know, go on Facebook, and I'm a part of this, and this is who I am. But, you know, you look at their life, and you're like, that's not you. Don't try to come up with some kind of status that's not you, right? Your, your actions really tell who you, who you are. And so some people are, are, are they're, they're, they're career-driven people. There, there are people who are just driven by academia and their school is everything to them, right? And, and, and that's who they are and their actions reflect that. They're consumed with work. They're consumed with school. And there's nothing beyond my college life. There's nothing beyond getting the grades that I want. I will forsake everything else because I need the grade. That's who you are, right? Your actions really tell who you are. And likewise, as, as Christians, if you've really been given new life in Christ, you're going to love other people because you've been born of God and God is love. Very important to see. God is love. Which really brings us to our, our last distinctive for this morning. Here it is. Last distinctive is this. Christian love is distinctively Jesus. Christian love is distinctively Jesus. See, our, our, our love for each other doesn't really make a lot of sense initially to the world um, because our love for each other is distinctively a Jesus-style love. It's not the love that you've seen time and time and time and time again. And I use love very loosely, right? Because here's the thing. Mom's in town. I love my mom, but I also love tacos, you know? I, I love my mom, and I also love baseball and so it doesn't really work right that's why in the in the hebrew the greek there's there's multiple words with varying degrees for love and so love is just so just the concept is just broken in our our verbiage i like tacos i love my mom right we got to work on that we, we really have to have to work on 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 that and um and he he loved us this is distinctively jesus style love the the world um seldom knows it Verse 34 again, First John, or John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. And so, we, we, we don't just love others because he's in us. We've been born of God, right? That's, that's a big thing. But we also love others just as he has loved us. In other words, we love others the same way he's loved us. That's, that's a really important thing. And, and the way that he's loved us is he's loved us sacrificially. He's loved us sacrificially. And so Jesus' love is, is sacrificial, which means it cost him something. It cost him his life, right? Do you love people in such a way 
that it cost you something? Do you love each other in such a way that it cost me time? It cost me resources? It cost me some of the freedom that I, I would have, have given, I mean, given myself to to do other things? Do you love people in that way that it cost you something? Because that's Jesus-style love. That's Christian love one another kind of love. And it's very, very rare. Very, very rare. 1 John 3.16 says, here's what it costs Jesus. It says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our life for the brothers. Right? The brothers. Family. Right? We, we ought to lay down our life for the family the way Jesus did for us. And, and so what was in it for Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. He didn't need us, but he died for us because God is love. And here's one problem with, with, with our love today. Love is something that we can fall in and fall out of, isn't it? Does that work? Is that real love? Falling in and out of love? Because listen, I, I love my wife right now. Some crisis might hit my family, and, I, and it makes, maybe it becomes difficult to, to love her because of stuff that's happening in me or, or vice versa. I'll put it on me. What if, what if I go sour and just, I mean, I just become a total jerk? Should she stop loving me because I'm a jerk now? What does that do to our vows? <laughs> I will love you no matter what. No matter what. The only escape clause, by the way, side note, wasn't planning on sharing this. The only escape clause in the scripture is this. If, if that person has been sexually unfaithful. That's the only escape clause in Scripture. However, it doesn't mean you have to. doesn't mean you have to. In fact, we, we're going to look in a second at, at some other Scripture that shows, man, that, that doesn't mean you have to. You can, you can be like Jesus and keep loving the unfaithful. You can keep loving the harlot, as, as, as it says in Scripture. We, we know love because it was, it was displayed in Jesus to those who uh, were, were unfaithful. It's not something we fall in and out of. It's not something that we say, well, what's in it for me? That's, that's the culture's uh, mindset, um, thought on love. I love you as long as you give me what I want. I, I love you as long as you are lovable. <laughs> I, I love you as long as I find myself attracted to you. I, I love you as long as you receive my love in such a way that, that gives me pleasure, right? And it's just not, it's just not right. And so it's no wonder marriages are, 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 are failing all over the place because we're consumers. We're not... We're not love givers. We're not lovers. We're, we're consumers. And we think we're, we're lovers, but we're really we're leeches, right? Lovers and leeches. That'll be my next sermon. I like that one. I'll use that. It just popped in. Um, listen, love is, is something you give. It's not something you fall in. Um, the gospel is, is God gave, right? His only son. And, and so for us as Christians who are living in gospel community, it's, it's we give. Not we give so that we can receive, but we give. We give. Read the book of Hosea sometime. That's what I was referring to. Read the book of, of Hosea, right? Hosea is a prophet that God uses in, in just an awful, dark, wicked time of Israel's history. Um, they were just totally giving themselves to, to other gods. And, and as, as an illustration of God's covenantal love for us, what does he do? He says, Hosea, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go marry a harlot. What? I want you to go marry a harlot. And, and she's going to be unfaithful to you. And worst of all, her name is Gomer. That's awful, right? I want you to go marry a, a woman named Gomer. And um, what does Hosea do? <laughs> he stays with her. Almost as bad as Dorcas, who's in the New Testament. Uh, they, they changed her name to Tabitha for some reason. Uh, I don't know the Greek behind that. I'll talk to you, Ryan, afterwards. Gomer. Marry her. She's going to be unfaithful to you. You're going to have a son. Um, 
with her. And you're going to be faithful to her even though she's unfaithful to you because that's an illustration of how I love you. It's an illustration of how God loves us. See, Christian love is sacrificial. Christian love is, is unconditional. We love people when they're unlovable. We love people when they don't love us in return. We love people not based on what they give us, but based on what God gave us, and therefore we should give to them. God loved us who, who sinned against him. God loved us who time and time again, and we will continue to be unfaithful to him. He still loved us. God loved us when we had nothing really to give him. We have nothing to give him, but he loves us because he's a sacrificial love giver. I'll close with this story. Um, I have an uncle, great uncle, who uh, as a kid, totally, totally respect this man, love him. Um, his name's Uncle Ernie. And uh, as a kid, I wanted to be like Uncle Ernie because he had this hairstyle that I thought was cool. It's looking back, like, I really thought that was cool. Oh, my goodness. But uh, anyhow, he, Uncle Ernie was this classic Baptist preacher, right? And, and he and his wife were the classic Baptist preacher team, right? He was the preacher, she was the church pianist, right? That's classic, like 1950s, right? And, and, and so that's how they did their thing. And, and uh, they were foreign missionaries for a little while and, and came back and preaching at a church and she's the pianist. And, and just a few years ago, they started to notice that his mind was going. They started to notice that he was, he was drifting a little bit and shortly thereafter diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And uh, many of you, I'm sure, have people in your life who've been affected um, by Alzheimer's. And um, his wife, Marion... Um, just continue to stick in there with him, you know, stuck in there, continue to care for him, love on him. Um, they, they started doing, my grandmother was telling me, uh, they started doing senior aerobics together, which, man, to be a fly on the wall in there would be awesome, right? Senior aerobics. And so, so they would stand in a circle and hold hands, <laughs> seniors. And, and this is how they would do aerobics. They would hold hands and they would, you know, squat together and do whatever they do, twist, and it was senior aerobics, and, and my uncle being, a, you know, a retired Baptist preacher, you know, when you hold hands in a circle, that means it's time to pray, and so they just knew that whenever they were doing their senior aerobics, Uncle Ernie was just going to pray the entire time, and so they'd be holding hands doing senior aerobics, and he's praying that these people would give their life to Jesus so they wouldn't go to hell, right, and my grandmother said she went, and it was just kind of a strange, strange thing, but they were so gracious to let Brother Ernie pray during senior aerobics and and over the years um over the years it just obviously you know it gets worse and uh marion being old herself had to they had to let him go into a home which is very difficult as you can imagine some of you have seen that in your own family life letting someone you know having somebody go to a home and um because she couldn't care for her him in and of herself and and so he's in this home but here's the thing she kept going (laughs) kept going to see him kept loving on him kept caring for him, and, you know, slowly but surely, uh, she would go to see him, and, uh, you know, he wouldn't recognize her this time, you know, and the next time he'd know who she was, and then next time he wouldn't recognize her, and then the next time he, he, he would kind of vaguely know her, and she would read scripture to him, and pray with him, and sing songs to him, until uh, eventually he just didn't remember her at all. She's still faithful to go. He's still alive, She's still faithful to go and, and to be with him, to care for him, pray with him, love uh, on him, and read scripture to him. And, 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 and even though he, he can't really show much back, he doesn't even know who she is, she's still loving on him. You know, thinking about that. that. That's God, isn't it? I mean, is that not how God functions? Is that, that he, he loves us who oftentimes we're incapable of loving him back. He loved us. The scriptures say before we, we could love him, he loved us first. It's an incredible, incredible thing. And, 
here's the thing. When we only love those people who love us back, which is, that's American love. We only love those people who love us back. We're, we're, we're not really loving as God did. We're not really loving as, as God. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. He's the initiator of love. And so when we fail to love people with, with no strings attached, here's what we're missing out on as Christians. What we're missing out on is, is the opportunity to understand God better. And so the call again this morning is, is to love one another just as he has loved us so that we can, we can know God better. In marriage, in, in Christian relationships, in family, we love other people as he has loved us. And in fact, um, all the other one another's that we're going to look at in this series were perfectly displayed for us by Jesus. And so know that. The challenge this morning is love one another just as I have loved you. Let's pray. God, wow, we love you so much. And that word, um, sorry for the lack of um, depth that it has. Uh, it's the best thing that we can say for you. I love you more than I love the petty things that I say that I love. God, I, I, I just want to love you better. I want to love you more deeply. And, and Lord, I, I know that we all do in this room. And I pray that we would be able to love you uh, more deeply because we love each other more deeply. And we love each other when they're not loving us back the way we want to be loved back. We love each other as we forgive others and we understand that you forgave us. And we love each other as we help those who are hurting, because we know that you helped us when we were hurting. We love each other sacrificially when it costs us something, because we know it costs you everything. So God, I pray that we would be a people who love one another. I could preach 20 sermons on this topic, Lord, but I pray that you would just get us going, just, just set the, the, the ball rolling, that we would want to love each other better, because you loved us first, and you loved us sacrificially, and you loved us perfectly. God, if there's anybody even in this room today who's at a place where, where they don't really love your church it's probably a sign that they don't really love you God stir their hearts help them to see that, that you loved us and you call us to love each other do that work in their heart because it's hard to muster up with love would you do that in us we love you praise you thank you for the time Pray that you would continue to impact us with this truth. In Jesus' name, amen.